0: are in a series actually we're ending a series tonight called family and uh, we've kind of been like for those of you who are new by the way we've been kind of preaching through like our mission statement like are we just like a community that exists of just a bunch of young adults who sing songs and like listen to a message Um, no Uh, we, we are we're a community that we first and foremost believe like we are a family and I hope if you're like new or not a like not a follower of Jesus yet that when you come in here and when you experience kind of like, us as a community, like, one of the first things that comes to mind is, like, I hope you experience, like, us as a family. And so uh, we've been talking about, uh, like, kind of, man, this was, like, way back at the beginning of the year, but we talked about, like, kind of what is the family of God and, like, how Jesus, uh, he is our king, and he has, like, brought and adopted uh, brothers and sisters into a family through faith in him and how, like, my favorite thing about Jesus is he brings people together at the table that would never want to be with each other and who wouldn't ordinarily, like, find themselves with each other, but because of, like, the gospel, like, we just find, like, hey, like, Ricky, you love Jesus, I love Jesus too, and now we're, like, a part of something together, and so, uh, and then after that, we kind of, like, jumped into, like, we've been talking about, like, the culture of the family of God, and so on the screen, it says, like, as a family, we're supposed to show the world, like, God's design for life together, so like when we actually like live life together in the renewed world that Jesus will usher in when he comes again, like we will like live a life of love and we will like live in a way that like shows the world like man, this is how like God actually created humanity to be. And like we actually get to be a preview of that life now uh, to the world around us. So we've been talking about how uh, we're supposed to have a culture of love. Uh, that we're supposed to have a culture of grace because when you're a part of family you hurt each other uh, already this year there's been so many ways that like i've heard of, like we kind of like hurt each other uh, ways that i've been hurt and like we have to be a culture of grace if we want to stay unified through kind of these days and then lastly uh, we're going to actually talk tonight about uh, having a culture of contribution Uh, You guys probably know this from your own experience, like, whenever you're a part of something where, like, one person is giving their all or a couple people, but everybody else is kind of just consuming, it kind of, like, deadens that experience, but, like, the best, like, families I've been a part of, the best communities that I've ever been a part of is, like, when everybody, like, plays their part, and not when just when everybody plays their part, but when everybody, like, is delighted to play the role in the family that God has given them. So that's where we're going tonight. I want to pray, um, and then we'll, we'll jump into tonight's topic. Uh, God, we love you so much. And God, we're just so gracious uh, or so thankful for how gracious you are. Um, God, thank you for saving Ricky. Uh, God, thank you for bringing him into our family. And God, we are excited to watch the ways that you work through him and that you work in him. And, God, I pray that the example that he's already set for us, God, that we would seek to imitate that and to put that on. Uh, God, I also pray that we would be a uh, community, a young adult community that really does, like, strive to follow Jesus with one another. And, God, I pray that this this language of family wouldn't just be a thing that we say that we are, but would actually be something that's true of us. And so we love you, Jesus. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. I think the biggest... Uh, Turning point in my life as a follower of Jesus was when I realized that what I wanted most deeply couldn't be accomplished on my own. Uh, For probably, actually, for my whole life following Jesus, like it was pretty much just me as a member in a crowd, and I kind of like me and my relationship with God was pretty much all there was. And there kind of kind of came a moment, and it was really forced upon me because like there was probably like three and a half years of my life where if I'm just being completely honest, I was just like entangled in all sorts of sin, but especially uh, sexual sin. And I remember there were nights uh, when I just was sitting in my room going like, man, I just want, I want more than what I'm experiencing right now. Like the choices I've made and like the type of following Jesus that I actually want, like I just can't get there. And, uh, and one of the reasons for that is because I was like, I just thought, like, with me and God in my Bible, I could actually get to a point where I thought I needed to be, and I just couldn't get there. And it reminded me of Ephesians 4.16, which makes sense, because God, God talks about, like, this need for us to, like, actually need one another. And in Ephesians 4.16, the Apostle Paul says this. He goes, he, that is God, he says he makes the whole body, that is, like, the body of Christ. Like, Scripture uses this illustration, like, we're a body with many members. He goes, He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. When that happens, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. And it's kind of like two things that like, as I was kind of like reflecting on this verse, there's so much to say. But the first thing that I really thought of was that this like scripture really teaches that like we are dependent upon one another for spiritual growth. Like, I don't know if you, like, actually view your relationship with Jesus this way, but, like, in order to actually grow and to get to the place that you want to be, you can't get there without your other brothers and sisters. Um, there's this line that I've kind of been thinking about, and I just been, have been running it through my head, and it says, it says, God has not given you everything you need for maturity in Christ. God has not given you everything you need for maturity in Christ. But he has given us everything that we need for maturity in Christ. So God purposely, like this is so interesting, God purposely makes you deficient. So that it forces you to depend on your brother or sister for spiritual growth. And on the other side of that, like there's kind of a tension that that should leave you. And one, the the tension is that you can't actually fully grow by yourself. So like when you kind of like pull yourself out of the community of God, you actually rob yourself of growth. And then the second thing that we see is that uh, we also need to recognize that like we have a God-given role, like in a God-given responsibility to play in each other's lives. See, like he's actually, I don't know if you've like, actually like really thought about this, but like if you're a follower of Jesus, like that passage is like you were given a special work. Uh, other, other translations talk about it as a spiritual gift. And, and this special work that you have, like God has given it to you to contribute to the family of God, which leads you to another tension, which is that your brothers and sisters can't fully grow without you. So when like you, when God has given you a gift and you choose to not like step into the family of God and actually participate in its life and you don't use that gift, you actually rob your brothers and sisters from the growth that they could actually experience. So we rob ourselves and we can rob others if we don't play our part and if we don't recognize that like, man, we have like a really awesome opportunity and really awesome privilege to walk with each other in each other's lives so we're going to talk about spiritual gifts tonight and uh let me just start by defining a spiritual gift uh, is a spirit empowered ability that god gives each of his children for the service and upbuilding of his family into christ-like transformation so it's a spirit empowered ability that God has given each of you in the room, if you're a a follower of Jesus, you at least have one spiritual gift that when you became a Christian that God gave you for the upbuilding and for the maturity of us as a whole family. And so sometimes, there's kind of like two different ways this can work out. One, sometimes God takes giftedness that you already have before you were a Christian and then uses that gift to bend it towards his kingdom. So I think a really easy example of this, like you don't have to be, a christian necessarily to be a good leader like somebody can naturally be like have like leadership giftings and then once they become a christian god takes that gift that they already have or that you already have and now he kind of bends it for the upbuilding and for the building of his kingdom other times uh god's grace creates like abilities and inclinations that are totally new after the spirit takes over someone's life so like when somebody meets jesus like sometimes god gives gifts and abilities that are like totally new, like, they never even had it before, like, let's just say they, beca- like, they weren't an encourager, like, at every level, but as soon as they met Jesus, like, they became, like, the most encouraging person, you're, like, how did that happen? It's the spiritual gift that God gives his family, and, uh, and one of the things that I really want you to uh, understand, too, about spiritual gifts is spiritual gifts, uh, the place that God actually wants you to use that gift is your local family church, And I really think that's an important statement because I feel like, honestly, young adults, if we're known for anything in kind of the Christian culture, is we like to go to a lot of different young adult ministries. We like to go to a lot of different environments, and we just kind of consume, and we kind of have this, like, Christianity, this version of Christianity is, like, each night of the week, I just go to a different experience, and I just consume But what the bible talks about is like hey like when you've been brought into a family god gives yes yes you're brought generally like ricky you have been brought into the family of god generally but you've also been brought into a specific family and it's in that specific family that god wants you to use the gifts that he's given you for the upbuilding of the family first peter 4 10 uh peter was one of jesus's closest uh followers and he says this god has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Super simple. And what Peter is trying to get across is that the spiritual gift God has given you is a gift to you, but it's not for you. So the gift that God has given you, the ability that God has given you, it is a gift to you, but the gift is not for you. And I really want you guys to really understand this. Like any ability that you have, as a follower of Jesus, is for your brothers and sisters. So that means, like, if you have leadership ability, that leadership ability is not for you. It's for the upbuilding of your family. If you're an encourager, that gift is not for you. It's for your brothers and sisters. It is a gift to you, but it's not for you. One of the things that I've uh, always thought about, too, is that, like, sometimes spiritual gifts is, like, this weird conversation of just, like, like how do I even know like what my gift is? Like I would love to contribute to the family. I'd love to use my spiritual gift. And maybe that's you. You're like, hey, like I really want to contribute or to feel like I'm contributing or whatever. But like I actually don't know what my gift is. And so here's like a couple steps to how you can kind of discern the gift that God has given you. One, uh, a spiritual gift is always for the strengthening of your sibling's faith. So one of the things that you can ask yourself when you're kind of seeking to discern what is my spiritual gift is how do I naturally seek to strengthen my siblings faith? So like really simply like when somebody, like, when there's a need in your small group, when there's a need in one of your brothers or sisters, like what's your first inclination to help them? Like how do you just naturally think, how are you naturally wired to actually strengthen your siblings faith? Uh, The second thing that I would say is that you should discern your gift in community. Uh, so often, I, I I've seen so, the hard part is sometimes we think we have gifts that we just don't. <laughs> you know, it's like the person on the sports team; they think that they're the best player there, and they're like, "Oh man, like you should just not be here." You know, like sometimes like we have gifts, uh, or we think we have gifts that we don't, and I and I don't mean that to like shame anybody, but I think it's just like actually within the community, like you can start to sift. Like I just honestly, I have massive deficiencies. Like that, I shouldn't try to like play into, and that's why I have people on my team. That's why I have people in my small group that can actually like, fill a need that I'm just not wired to fill. Uh, a second thing that I would say is that some of you do have gifts that you don't realize you have. Like some of you actually have massive giftings, and you need somebody to call that gifting out of you. And that's why I like one of the things I've tried to do is like when I see something in somebody, like I just be, like hey man like, or hey I just want you to know like I see that like. And God really uses you, like when you operate that way. Um, and then the last thing that I would say, as you kind of like discern your spiritual gift, is, um, and I think this is actually my favorite part, is you don't have to label or know your spiritual gift before you start using it. I think sometimes we're like, all right, what is my spiritual gift? And then like, all right, now once I know it, I can start using it. I would just say, like, hey. Whatever your, like, natural inclinations are to be a builder of your community, like, you don't actually have to know your gift before you can start using it. How this kind of, like, worked out in my life was, um, so I think one of the gifts that God has given me is, like, the gift of leadership. And uh, when I was a senior on uh, the football team, I remember, like, I had no idea why. I was like, I just want to take these younger freshman football players, and, like, I just really want to lead them like, and care for them in, like, a Bible study and just help them follow Jesus. Like, I had no idea why. I was just, like, I just want these, like, these younger kids to follow Jesus with me. And so one of the things I I would get up every, I think it was, like, Monday morning before school, and I would pick, like, three or four guys who just really wanted to follow Jesus, and I just led a Bible study with them. And coming to realize as I look back on that, I'm like, man, like, I was already starting to use my gift before I even realized that I had the gift. And so I would just encourage you as you are just kind of like navigating community life within the family of God. um, When you see needs and when you like have a desire to strengthen your siblings faith to completely like just throw yourself at that thing. To completely give yourself to the good of the community in that way. And I really believe that only when we recognize and participate in our God given roles will we actually have a culture of contribution within the family of God. So the first thing that we, like, we really just need to recognize our role, and then we actually need to participate in it. And so what I want to do with the rest of our time is I really just want to talk about, like, what do we need in order to have a culture of contribution within the family of God? Like, as a 710 community, like, this is just my prayer. Like, what I'm about to say in the next, you know, 15 minutes or so would just be, like, man, like, if you could just kind of, like, soak this in and just reflect on it and internalize it. Like, I would love to see what I'm about to say just completely, like, unfolded and just displayed in our community. Sound good? Uh, the first thing that uh, we're going to see, we're going to look at two, th- two things in pairs. One, uh, when we recognize that we have, a, like, a God-given role in our community, the first thing that we need is we need a responsibility over our role. Like, we need a responsibility over our role that God has given us. And then we also need, a re, we need resolve in our role. So we need responsibility and we need resolve. So let's talk about that. Romans twelve six through seven says this. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. I love this passage because uh, it really kind of shows us the difference between like God's responsibility and our responsibility. God's responsibility is to give you your spiritual gift. I don't know if you noticed in that passage, but it was like four times that says God has given, God has given, God has given. So God's responsibility for you as a follower of Jesus is to give you the gift that he wants to give you. But your responsibility is to use your spiritual gift to contribute to the family of God. So God's responsibility is to give you the gift. Your responsibility is to actually use it. And the and the reason I feel like I actually need to say that is because the first temptation that you'll be faced with, with your spiritual gift, is to neglect your gift. Like God has like given you this amazing, incredible way of contributing to the family of God, and there's going to be a temptation from you personally. Maybe it's insecurity. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's just like I haven't like actually planted into a community that I could participate in, but you'll, you'll, you'll have a temptation to neglect your gift. And this is where I just want to say, like, if you're a Christian, like, I'd, I don't want you to neglect what God has given you. I was thinking about, like, when I was younger, and my dad gave me, like, I remember he'd come home from, like, business trips when I was young, and, and he would give me, like, gifts when he came back from his business trip. And, like, I remember watching, like, the joy in his face of being able to, like, give me a gift and to watch me just use what he's given me. And to just, like, be so appreciative and so thankful. Like, man, like, I love my dad. And my dad just loved giving it to me. And that's kind of how it is with you, with your heavenly father. Like, God has, like, like given you a, a, an incredible gift. And no matter what it is, it brings him so much delight when you actually use it. It brings him so much delight when you, abs- when you actually use it. And so I just want to ask you a question right now, and it's a very simple question, is how, how are you stewarding the gift God has given you? Like when you think about your own life very personally, how are you stewarding the gift that God has given you? Are you using your gift at all? Are you developing it? Because it's not just like God gives you a gift and then you're like incredible at it. It's like he gives you, like, he starts you, like, hey, like, I'm going to give you, like, the ability to teach. And you're not going to be a great teacher when you start, but I want you to actually steward and grow that gift into something really beautiful. And so whatever gift God has given you, not only do you have a responsibility to use it, but you actually have an, an incredible opportunity to steward it, to grow it. And so I don't know what that is for you, but I would just ask you, like, how are you using your gift the second thing that we see, so we need responsibility, like, all right, this is, like, what God has given me, and here's how I'm going to use it. Uh, the second thing that we need to see is that, like, we actually need some, like, resolve, like, some, like, go, like, go get it attitude, like, with our gifts. Uh, N.T. Wright, he's an author, when he was talking about this passage, he said this. He says, the, the, this passage has a get-your-sleeves-rolled-up feel to it. Find out what your task is, and give yourself to it properly. Plan the work Think through, get up early, and get on with it. Expect to work till you're tired and to keep at it even on the days when you're not in the mood. You can't just play at it when you feel like it. Christian service isn't a hobby, though people sometimes think of it like that. It's a divine calling, and if that calling is to make cups of coffee after church, I love that, that I need coffee after church, that needs to be done with energy, care, and flair. The rhyming is great. But I I think he makes a good point of just, like, hey, like, however, like, God has gifted you, like, he really wants you to use that, like, to the best of your ability. Like, I'll just be honest, like, and there's times where I'm putting together messages. There's times where I'm leading a small group uh, or my small group where I just, like, don't feel like it. And just, like, man, like, I just, I'm just not up for it today, you know. And I think one of the things that I've really tried to fight for is, like, when I, like, When I give myself to what God has called me to do within the family of God, even when I don't feel like it, it actually maybe in some ways pleases God more because it's showing him that, like, hey, I'm going to commit myself to, like, what you're calling me to do, even though there's, like, nothing in me that wants to do it right now. And I think this hits, like, really practically. I think it's really simple, like, hey, when you, like, show up to a small group and you're really tired and I don't want to go. And not only do I want to, like, if I show up, maybe I'll just, like, kind of be there, but I won't actually engage. I think one of the things that God is calling his people to is, like, hey, like, like show up and keep at it and, like, keep at it day after day and trust that God's going to empower you to live out the gifting that he's called you. And when you do that, it pleases him and it blesses your family. Uh, the second thing that we need to see is that we need to be realistic about our role. And to respect other people's roles in the family of God. Uh, so when, you, when you're realistic about your role and when you respect your siblings', your siblings roles in the family of God, uh, you actually respect God the giver of the roles. And so when I was like, when I was thinking about this too, um, like let's just be honest. Like sometimes we just go, I just don't want to play the role that God has given me. I just don't think it's that significant. Um, and maybe sometimes we go, like, I actually don't think they should be doing that role. And we kind of, like, have this, like, like we're not really realistic with ourselves. We don't really, like, respect the positions that God has put uh, other people in. And I was thinking about it, like, even you know, like, with a sports team. Like, when the head coach who, like, s- like, is the wisest supposedly person on the field, like, part of his responsibility is to place players in the best position that could contribute to the whole of the team. And so I remember uh, when I was a senior in high school, I wanted to play shooting guard so bad in basketball. If you, Kendrick's probably the, never mind. I, I'm gonna, one of the, th- so I wanted to play shooting guard so bad. And for those of you who don't know basketball very well, shooting, the shooting guard just gets to shoot the ball all the time. And so they get to be off the dribbles, so like the point guard dribbles the ball up. They typically pass the first pass to the shooting guard and they kind of like have the first opportunity to score with the ball. And I was like, yes, I wanna be the shooting guard. I wanna shoot the ball all the time. But the reality was there was somebody on the team that was just a way better shooter than me. And there was somebody on the team like, hey, like, for the sake of the whole of the team, they're like, hey, Corey, you, you'd probably be a better position at a at a point guard. You're not a 6'5 dude who can shoot. You're a 5'10 dude that can triple. So like, I for the sake of the team, I need you to play point guard so that the whole team would be better so that the shooting guard can actually be the, the best player for that position. And, w- and the beauty of it is like, when I could actually be realistic about – what I was actually gifted to do, it actually helped the whole team win. And, and that's how I kind of think it is about the family of God is like, when we, when we just go like, all right, Lord, like, I'm gonna trust that you're gonna put me in the position within your family that you know is like the position that I'm gonna best contribute to the whole. And I'm gonna respect that the positions that you've put other people in are actually the positions that you want them in. And I'm gonna trust your wisdom. I'm gonna trust your intellect. Because ultimately, like, I'm just here to bring honor to you and to contribute to the whole of this thing. Romans twelve three through 5 talks about this. It says, because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. It's is such a funny verse. He said he needs to say it because we do all the time. We're like, I'm pretty great. Uh, he goes, be honest in your evaluation of yourselves. Measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, there it is again, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. Uh, One of the things this passage shows us is that there's two ways that we can err in our thinking as followers of Jesus. One, uh, we can think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think. Like, we just, like, let's just be honest. Sometimes we just think, like, we're a really big deal, and we kind of get caught up in our own selves, and, like, there's, like, kind of like these people within the family, God, like, they think they're super gifted. They just, like, whatever. Like, they think th- they're it, you know? And, and, and what the apostle Paul says, like, listen, you're not actually that big of a deal. You need to think of yourself with sober judgment. God, uh, God's, like, I really don't need you, but I'm choosing to use you. So that's one error that we can kind of, like, fall off on the path and think. But the second thing is, and I think a lot of us in the room probably feel this the most, is that we think too lowly of ourselves and we have a false humility. So we kind of look at ourselves and we're like, I'm not that big of a deal. I don't matter. Like, what good am I to the family of God? And, and, and the reasons we need to, like, kind of, like, address this thinking is because when we actually think that way, it's really a false humility. Because insecu- underneath the layers of insecurity is actually going, like, I really want to be important and make much of myself, and people aren't recognizing that in me, and so I just like kind of like do this like self-loathing thing. And how that kind of reveals itself is that we get this thing called gift envy. And so like we go like, oh man, like they're really gifted. I wish I had what they had. Or like, man, I can't do that, and we start getting jealous of each other's abilities. Um, if I'm being completely honest, I I don't know why, and it kind of feels. Like, dark in my heart sometimes, but I feel like in the last, like, week, I've, like, been struggling with, like, with this gift envy thing, which you guys might look at me up here and be like, why would you, like, envy? Like, you know, you get to pastor the ministry, that's amazing, but I have a human heart, and it's selfish and it's sinful. And I've had these moments in the past, probably a week, where I've really just had to sit down in God's presence and be like, why am I so jealous of, like, people? Like, I'm, I'm jealous of their ability to do that. I'm jealous that, like, Like, I wish I, like, and then you start, like, imagining yourself, like, a different version of yourself, like, not the person that God has created me to be or wired me. And I I think what God has just been revealing is just, like, the human heart loves to promote itself. And so what we typically do is we look at somebody who gets a lot of attention, and and then we say, like, oh, man, like, their gifts get them a lot of human attention, and I want that attention, too. And so I wish, I start envying what that person has. And so one of the things that I've just had to like humbly like just come to Jesus with is just like, man, God, like, first of all, like, please forgive me for how selfish I am. And please forgive me for like wanting the gifts that other people have given me when you are just so excited to use the gifts that you've actually given me for the family of God. And I think I need to say that is because the second temptation that you'll face with your spiritual gifts is to use your gift to promote yourself or to wish you had a different one so that you could. And one of the, and I would just say, like, what the Apostle Paul says is, like, hey, we need to, like, we need to check our heart. We need to check our motives. And we need to recenter our desires on, like, if our number one thing is to just bring Jesus' praise and glory, then however he has gifted me to do that, I can be content with. And we just need a humble realism with that. Um, the second thing, and this is where we'll end, um, is that we need to respect other people's roles, the, God that, the place that God has put other people. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 18 through 25 says this, but our bodies have many parts. Again, this body analogy, and God has put each part just where he wants it. Key word, like God has put each part exactly where he wants that part to be. How strange a body would it would be if it had only one part yes there are many parts but only one body the eye can never say to the hand i don't need you the head can't say to the feet i don't need you in fact some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary and the parts we regard as less honorable and those we clothe with greatest care so we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen and while the more honorable parts do not require, require this special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor, honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. And here's where I want to end. <clears throat> the, the third temptation that you will experience, and this is really, I just want to uh, say, I really want to say it, is that you will minimize your role within the family of God. Most of the time, outside of, like, like, just selfishness, like, I just really don't want to be a part of, like, messy community, is, like, sometimes we just kind of, like, remove ourselves from a community is because we actually minimize how important we are in that community. And we just go, like, what could, like, I honestly, I have so many conversations with you, I think about it all the time for myself, where we just kind of say things, like, maybe you say this in your mind, we're like, do I even have a place here? I've heard, I had a conversation with somebody at the retreat. Uh, I've I've heard about somebody this last week who's just saying like, man, do I even have a place here? And like, does it even matter? Do I have a place and does it matter? And I just want to give you three encouragements like as we end from this passage that I just hope like really refreshes you if that's you in the room. The first thing is that human regards some roles and gifts as more important, but God doesn't. We as human beings and i don't know what it is with us maybe it's a pride thing it's like we just love to elevate people but we start like we start to go like oh the pastor is the most important position or the the small group leader or that person in the group that has charisma like oh and that's the most important like personality in the group and we kind of do this like value thing of like oh they're really important it's not really that big of a deal if they're around but like god does not view it that way there is no such thing as like, this spiritual superiority, you know, like, we kind of do, like, or this, like, Premier League Christianity that, like, there's, like, the superior Christians that are, like, super gifted and super charismatic and whatever, you know, and then there's, like, us. And, like, in God's economy, like, every single role is just as equally important in his eyes. The second thing that we see is that God, I love, this, I love this, God gives extra honor and care to the parts that get less attention, Verse 24, it says, uh, it literally says, so God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to the, those parts that have, seem to have less dignity. So if you're somebody in the room that you kind of like go like, man, the role I play in God's family, just like I don't feel like it's that important and I don't feel like it's that seen by people. I just want you to know that God is giving you extra attention. He's giving you extra care from the person who is seen and recognized by others in everything that they do. And I just one of the th- I wrote this down for myself is like I don't want to settle with a grumbling heart because I'm not getting noticed when I can have joyful delight in a father who's delighted in every act of service that I do. Like don't don't settle to grumble when you can just recognize that like man God has like given me honor in the role that I have. The last thing that I would say that is just really encouraging from this passage is that all roles are equally needed, and all roles are equally valued in God's family. And this comes part. This comes back. Josh Prather said this last week, where no part can say, "I don't need you." And again, I'll go back to kind of how we function as humans. Typically, we we assign the more valuable role uh, to the part to the like the part of the body that gets the most praise, humanly speaking, of like all right, like. Whatever, like, seems to get the most praise and attention, like, that's the most valuable role. And I'm just telling you, like, in God's family, and I think this gets really practical, in our family, seven ten. the people in our midst that seem to get less attention and less value, if we're going to actually imitate God who gives extra attention to those parts of the body, we should be children in the family that actually give extra attention to those people as well. The people in your small group, the people that come in this room, that get overlooked, unnoticed, like those are the people that we need to go to and we need to give honor and care because that's how God has made things to work in his life and in his heart towards us and we need to do the same. And so let me just uh, end here and just ask you just a really simple question. How are you contributing to the family of God? And I don't want you to get in your head about this, about like, well, I'm not, Just really simply, how are you contributing to the family of God? How are you contributing to the 710 family? And I would say the best, I get so many people that come up to me and say, like, I I just want a position to serve in, which I think is great. There are positions that we need filled. There's connect team. There's worship. There's all sorts of stuff. But if I were to tell you one thing, like, how can you start actually using your gift, is to literally get into a small group where you're actually within the life of God's family and just start seeking to build your sibling's faith in that group. Show up to your small group small group, not expecting to be served by the leader, but if you show up to the, your small group and just say, like, all right, however I just feel like I can build up this community, I just want to start doing that. For most of us, I would say that's where we just start that's where we go, just like, all right, like, I'm going to be with God's people on a consistent basis, I'm going to be with them, I'm before them, and I'm going to seek their spiritual transformation, and that's how God, uh, that's how God has beautifully caused his whole body to be built up in love, sound good? All right, here's my live it out challenge for you this week, Uh, we want to be doers of the word, I just want you to find one sibling uh, that you have in Christ, and I just want you to try to build their faith this week, super simple but like if there's who, who is somebody in your life uh that could that is maybe even struggling with their faith and how can you contribute to the upbuilding of their faith and however god has le- led you to kind of do that i just want you to go do that and uh and we, we so we can be a just a family and has to have a culture of contribution sound good all right let's pray <clears throat> god we love you so much we're so thankful for you uh thanks for loving us uh god thanks for just making us dependent on one another god thank you for uh god i know that i can't reach uh the maturity in you god that i want apart from my brothers and sisters um and lord i just i'd so desperately need this family i need this community and god we need one another um and so lord i pray that we would just truly value one another Uh, i pray that we wouldn't see people in our midst as less than uh, God, I pray that we would see everybody in our, mit- in our midst as equals, and not just see them that way, but actually, like, uh, interact with them that way. Uh, God, I just confess there's a way that I can gravitate towards people that I like um, and people that are easy to be around or people that are like me, uh, but God, I've, one of the things that I've realized is that when I'm around the person uh, that's harder for me is actually the place where I grow the most. Um, and where I realized that I actually need them. Uh, and so God, make 710 into that type of family. And uh, Lord, I just pray that you would shower your grace upon us. We love you so much. It's